All right, so let's talk a little bit about the markets here. Welcome to Bull Bear Radio. Market pricing is nuts. Each week, we catch up with WBI's experts, Matt and Don Schreiber. Down 77%. You know what you need to recover from that? A miracle. WBI brings you wealth building market insights. Hi, I'm Matt Schreiber, and I'm your host of Bull Bear Radio. I'm here with Don Schreiber today. Last week, we had an exciting episode with uh, Doug Jonas from the New York Stock Exchange. And, uh, you know, hey, hey, we're back for episode number five here. It was a great weekend. Uh, you know, we, we happened to go watch some football down in the South this weekend. Tennessee. South, South Carolina. Carolina. And... Uh, it, it was a great game. Gamecocks came down to the the final seconds uh, of the game, and uh, Butch Jones is definitely on the hot seat. Uh, Gamecocks ended up winning fifteen to nine. Now five and two on the season. I'll tell you what. You know, I've been a Gamecocks fan ever since you went there. Love Gamecock football, but man, did they stress me out. Did you know that Jake Bentley is now one of three South Carolina quarterbacks to win on Rocky Top? Blake Mitchell, Connor Shaw, and Jake Bentley. I like Jake Bentley. So it's been recent success on Rocky Top. Recent success for investors with the markets. I mean, come on. It's... We're up new highs this morning. I know. It's Again. All-time highs. It's insane. And uh, it just the market just keeps going higher. Markets are going up. Markets do that. They go up. And, and then they, they go, go down. down. And so... Uh, Let's not forget, investors, the markets actually do sometimes go down. About 40% of the time, markets are in a downtrend. And they go down a lot faster than they go up. So uh, we're at the beginning of earnings season here, and so far, um, you know, a little bit mixed. I don't know. Investors we'll are liking it. Markets week. up. Markets yeah, up. Mar markets up. Markets up. So, Don, what do you expect out of earnings season? It's about to get hot and heavy with companies reporting in the next couple of weeks here. Oh, what's your prognostication here? Well, usually the first couple of weeks of earnings season, the strongest companies in the S&P 500 – tend to report so strong companies equal strong earnings then things start to get a little bit dicier it gets a little bit weaker as we go down through uh earnings reports <clears throat> the interesting thing i think is that you know uh on june 30th expectations for earnings were 7.5 percent growth rate so we had 7.5 percent growth rate expectations on june 30th and as we started the reports last week for earnings season, earnings expectation had collapsed, Down. collapsed to 2.8% for this quarter. Chainsaw Don always has the, the, the uplifting message here. Hey, listen, you got to pay attention. Yeah, you really do. The fundamentals matter. And I think the fundamentals you saw mattered a little bit last earnings season. And with the news, which we're going to talk about today, there's a ton out there that we can talk about, about risks to the market. I mean, there's some fresh news over the last uh, couple of days that's pretty intense. But let's talk a little bit more about earnings. So, uh, so last, last quarter, revisions downwards last here. quarter, we had nine sectors that earned positive earnings. So far, 
the expectations for this quarter, Q3, only six sectors out of 11 are posting, as far as expectations are concerned, positive earnings for the quarter. That's a big decline in beating expectation earnings. And, and why is that? It, weren't earnings a year ago now the first uh, quarter of positive growth after a seven straight quarter slide in earnings for the S&P 500. So now it's going to be hard to beat, right? Sure. You know, the last couple of quarters we had uh, earnings that were being compared against negative earning trends of 2000. Easy beats. Easy Easy beats. beats. You know, first quarter of 2016, second quarter of 2016, negative quarters, bottom of the trough earnings, easy, easy to beat. Third quarter, 2016, for the first time, earnings accelerate, hit a positive number up 3.5% over the prior year. Nothing to write home about, but the market loved it. We got the Trump bump and the, and the rally that ensued. I think earnings were part of that. And investors are so far are liking the fact that in companies are beating. Hey, you know, 81% of companies that have reported 6%, of the S&P 500 is reported so far, and 81% have beat expectations on earnings and 78% for sales. Those are big numbers. Those are better than last quarter. But, you know, this is against really reduced and low expectations, which gives me some concern about what comes next. Not this quarter. What comes next? Okay, so... You know, the, the quarters that, that I meant, not the quarters, the quarters, the, the sectors that, that are uh, leading the way here, really information technology has had the best performance so far. Uh, and materials also, you know, a clear winner here. So is that is that anticipation that we might have some more uh, growth? Uh, we're going to be building stuff. I like the material sectors up. You know, that means that manufacturing is looking pretty good. That means that commodity prices generally have firmed. And so, you know, materials is the leading sector as far as earnings beats. And, and, they're re- and it's really quite impressive. That, and, and financials. Financials are, are absolutely, to start earnings season here, getting eviscerated from an earnings perspective. I, the I fundamentals re- don't look good. The reason why the fundamentals don't look good, and the, and the biggest company to report huge negative earnings is Wells Fargo. But that has you know nothing really to do with the rest of the banking community. Wells Fargo has been you know taken out to the woodshed based on you know other problems they have. You know, committing uh, chainsaw Don. <laughs> Wells Fargo, you know, ha- has had a successive number of problems, PR related, you know, about their business practices, and they got big problems. Yeah, it's looking like it so far. So, their 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 uh, you know client base has kind of shrunken pretty dramatically, and I think that's a big impact on their earnings. So you're just talking about next quarter. Um, companies are starting to issue guidance downwards, and and do you think that trend persists? Well, the good news is the number of companies that are beating estimates right now. The bad news is that, you know, Q3 uh, 17 earnings are being compared against Q2, I'm sorry, Q3 16 earnings. And, you know, sales and earnings growth are slowing. You know, with this 2.8%, we were expecting 7.5. Now they're slowing. Hey, there's a big hill to climb. Fourth quarter 2016 earnings were up 10%. 
So earnings that are slowing have a huge hill to climb. I don't think they make it. I think we get a little earnings fatigue here. So, you know, P.E. multiples, P.E. multiples on a trailing basis, still still right around 25, which is historically very high. The the average is around 15, dating back to 1871. Hey, man, do you see that Schiller report? Yeah, we talked a little bit about that last week, about uh, Cape being at the second highest level it's ever been. So, you know, Schiller's got some concerns about where we're at from a price relative to earnings, which we were just talking about here. And even on a forward-looking basis, we're, we're still looking at about 18 times earnings, which 15 also for forward-looking earnings is about uh, the average yet again. So pretty high at an 18 uh, or 19, depending on the source you're taking a look at, relative to 15. Hey, listen. I'm listening. And I think everybody else is listening, too. What, what do you got to say, Don? We got, um, you know, adjusted CAPE earnings. Cape. Yep, Cape earnings. Maybe it's Batman's Cape. I, I don't know. Or we're maybe, going, I think we're maybe, going in. We're going into Superman. Batman. We're Super, going, Superman? No, we're no. going into Batman's Cave. At it's any dark rate. dark down there, dark, dude. Yeah, dark. Dark. So we got earnings at 30 on a trailing basis, 10-year on the on this smoothed average right on cape cape and there's only been two times before in history i think it's worth noting again that cape earnings have exceeded 29 times what were they matt 1929 and 1999 to the mid 2000s so and they're currently higher than 29 right now the last two times we had a depression bear market and, and the a 19, recession people the forget 19, we had a recession you know right at the beginning of 2000 you and, bet and, and through that three-year period we had 1999 recession. we have the tech bubble burst the nasdaq goes down almost as much as the dow did in the depression era markets down 77 percent almost 78 percent I think we better be paying attention. All right. So we're, we're going to take a quick break here, and we'll be right back. Want to enhance your portfolios? WBI has revolutionized the traditional separately managed account to bring you the enhanced SMA. WBI utilizes its own suite of ETFs as the building blocks of the SMA to provide opportunity for greater tax efficiency and other benefits that wouldn't be available in the traditional SMA due to cost considerations and other limitations. Learn more at WBIinvestments.com. All right, and we're back. So Bull Bear Radio here. You can get more of our insights on Twitter. Follow me at WBI President and Don at WBI CEO. So, Don, we were talking about earnings, and I think hopefully everybody's still listening here because I think what we need to do is we, we started with markets go up, markets go down. What do you think here with earnings season? We're on the cusp of earnings season. What do you think happens here in terms of the market? Does it continue to go up? Yeah, I do. I think the markets go up. I think that, you know, investors are kind of stuck in this uh, delusional time warp of Goldilocks markets. 
That's it. Delusional time warp. Where'd you come up with this stuff, man? man? I'm telling you, I watched too much Star Trek as a kid. Delusional so, time warp. Yep, we got a delusional time warp. You know, they, uh, in, uh, investors are so overly optimistic based on the idea that the Fed has got their back. The Fed put, they think, still exists. Holy moly. Now, let's talk about the Fed. This, this is absolutely time warp delusional nutsness. I mean... It's it's incredible. I mean, now, so 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 hold on. They had a meeting of the the international central bankers at the in- International Monetary Fund this past weekend in Washington D.C. And, and wait for it here. This is what our, our Fed chair Janet Yellen said. Wait for this. All right, it's, this is good. Her best guess is that inflation. But wait a second best guess is that inflation will rise next year and and the soft numbers we have seen recently uh you know are short-term thing and everything's gonna be okay well that's what you know is feeding that's what feeds delusion like your best guess you're the the fed chair man you're of, of the you know mightiest country financially on earth and it's it's going to be all right man my best guess it's going to be all right hey you know uh, not only was she she said her best guess is that inflation is going to rise maybe next year maybe because it has because, to because it has to basically no, right actually because because why we have a strong employment cycle that continues to get stronger what I think, but, Matt, but they still can't figure out why unemployment in this environment is so low. Well, that's right. A week ago, they admitted that they were pretty much clueless as clue, to why clueless as to why you have in, no inflation or very little inflation and and unemployment's at the lowest it's ever been. Yeah, well, there's a, there's a historical relationship that has existed in every cycle before this one that when. Uh, unemployment rates get down below 5%, we have wage pressure, which leads companies to raise prices, and therefore we have wage price inflation. That's what the Fed raises rates to slow down, wage price inflation. And by the way, it's coming. She said that uh, the next rate hike is basically imminent. Well, so. that's the part that really is scary. Our best guess, and I wonder if this guess is any better than the 100 or so well, the last she, guess that is she she's made bef- over the last five years. She's made a lot of guesses about inflation and employment so far. So and they far haven't added not, up so far. It hasn't hurt us. It hasn't hurt us. But this this one could this but, could be the. Hey, when you're when you're investing your life savings or you have a manager that is investing your life savings. Oh, would you want us? Would, would, hey, WBI you are paying them would you to pay us, attention. Would you want us to take our best guess at managing your money? I mean, come on. We'll just, hey, listen, I have we'll a best a, guess for we'll you. We'll take a best guess, man. I have a best guess for you. I'm guessing that if the Fed is guessing, we should be extremely worried. And people aren't. And we're going. It's, it's, speaking of people aren't, University of Michigan, consumer sentiments at an all-time high, basically. I mean, uh, so the Fed has really lulled uh, investors and the consumer into thinking, hey, it's going to be all right. You better spend that last penny you got in your pocketbook. I think central bankers have done the best job of brainwashing the consumers and investors around the world ever. I think that they've been essentially waiting for the moment that they could check the box 
that we got everybody brainwashed. Well, the Fed can check the box because consumer sentiment numbers just came in at 101, right, versus expectations of 95. We haven't seen 101 since 2004. So with global, geopolitical, and domestic political dysfunction running rampant, I'm going to go spend some money, by the way. Hey, man. I mean. This is kind of crazy. I know, but it's. I, I don't know what people are looking at. Are they watching reruns of Ozzy and Harriet or what? I, I don't know. Uh, may, maybe they are. Happy days? Happy days. I think it they're watching be happy, happy days. days. Hey. Yo. Hey. Hey. Yo. Hey. hey. Uh, no, that, what's that? That's, that's who's the boss. Sorry, man. Uh, anyway, U.S. bankers were incredibly bullish at this meeting. The Euro bankers, on the other hand, had a very bearish tone. Mario Draghi, you know, was like smart guy. Whoa. You know, I'm not so sure about this whole thing here. Um, well, they're you know, still they're still at negative interest the, rates. The, the nice gentleman. From and they're Jap- pumping QE. And, and, the, and the nice gentleman from Japan, he said that he's going to continue his, you know, massive stimulus efforts. Abe. So, no, no, that's Shinzo Abe is the, the lead guy. The, the other guy is the guy who heads the bank. I don't, I don't remember oh, okay. his name okay. at the moment, you know. But anyway, he just said that uh, massive stimulus is, is uh, you know, what's going to continue there. Then. Well, they don't have is, any other choice. This is what's most interesting. They can't interesting. get growth. And I'm not, I, look, I'm not going to try and, uh, you know. Um, uh, Let's bring this up. Let's get this more no, no, positive. No, I got one more thing here. China. Oh, China. 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 The, Please the, don't talk about the, China. The nice gentleman from China said that local debt is becoming a concern and they're, you know, very focused on deleveraging their financial system because there's been increasing local debt and corporate debt has ballooned. And so there's this. Do you think Can this you is, say debt crisis? Wait, wait a second, Doc. Come on, man. It's. Uh, is this massively understood? Is it a debt crisis? Is this an overlooked risk here? I mean, the guy you just said, deleverage. It's both of those. So leverage. When when the central bank is talking about broadly deleveraging their economy. That sounds bad to me. After years of talking about deleveraging their economy. And they're still trying to do it. At a meeting of the most powerful central bankers in the world, was anybody listening? You should pay attention. But, you know, again. There's some risk there. Let, let's raise These some guys rates are concerned. and spend some money, right? These guys are concerned. Jeez, oh, Louise. Let's raise rates? Are you kidding me? So so then, you know, we've got NAFTA hanging over us. NAFTA. Right. The What's North that? American <laughs> Free Trade Agreement. I, I think, uh, you know, anyway, uh you know, it's uh, there's continued tensions. Uh, this is the fourth go around of will we scrap NAFTA? Interesting thing is that there is a bilateral agreement between the United States and Canada. So Mexico would be the odd man out. Still, though, Canadian housing prices have skyrocketed in recent years. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this on some previous episodes. Bubbles, bubbles, uh, bubbles. Yeah, bubbles, bubbles, bubbles. Now, there are only about five banks that that are meaningful in Canada. You've had all of this spending and, and housing and, and uh, a lot of mortgage debt is, is this a potential, uh, you know, bubbles, bubbles everywhere. So we'll, we'll revisit this just for a second, but is this, is this an issue as well? Hey, I got a break that we should be looking at. I got a breaking news bulletin from chainsaw Don. (laughs) Okay, please Don enlighten us. So the fed is confused about why we're not getting inflation. 
we are getting inflation. We have the greatest asset inflation probably in history. The reason why markets continue to rise is because the Fed and central bankers around the world have promoted an environment that causes asset prices to go up, regardless of what the underlying fundamentals are. You know, we're talking about the fundamentals, and we're saying, hey, this doesn't make sense. And it doesn't matter that it doesn't make sense because the market continues to go higher. And if something continues to go higher long enough, people become to believe that that is a sustaining cycle that will never end. People don't believe that there's going to ever be a bear market. And I can tell that because the market goes up every day. They're not paying attention. So So. we have asset inflation and we've had inflation. Asset prices have gone higher, and there has been absolutely no so inflationary prices, benefit. Stocks, bonds, yep. housing prices. And the only part of the economy that is affected in a positive way are the folks who have all the assets to invest. They're doing very well. On a broad basis, the middle class... Younger in, uh, um, workers that don't have large asset bases absolutely have been left out, no participation whatsoever, which is why we have such a populist divide in the United States. And, so and there is the inflation. And there is the inflation. So let's there just isn't wage price inflation. And the problem is that the Fed is not addressing the inflationary bubble that they created. Okay. So, so let's talk a little bit more about bubbles. I mean, Brexit, right? There's a, a lot of talk. Theresa May, you know, is, is saddling up as we speak right now. And she's, she's uh, you know, going to try and get into the Brexit talks as we speak right now. Do you think this is going to be a hard landing for the U.K.? Is this going to lead to further uh, declines in housing prices and really start to hit their economy hard? All this talk so of listen. Brexit. Listen, hey, there's you know, there's there's like nine thousand J.P. Morgan bankers. They're going to be looking for a new home. They're looking for new homes uh, broadly across the financial services sector in Britain. Right. Yeah. They're going to have to move in London. They're going to move. Right. And these are high. But you're talking about the majority. The majority of England's economic power is financial services related. And that business is going to book it, take the first train or plane out of town, and they're going to look for a new place to do business. Do you think that's going to leave a hickey on the uh, Great Britain's economy? I, I would think so. I mean, they're already seeing growth that's been anemic. It's, it's, I think this is going to be a harder landing than people are expecting here. It's just going to take a little time to play out. The question is, does anybody care? I, I don't know that anybody cares. And, uh, you know, here, let's talk about markets for a second, right? So as we sit here today, and it's it's the top of the week here, we're, we're recording Bull Bear Radio. So if you're listening to us, it's a little later in the week, and uh, who knows what's going to happen between now and a, and a couple of days from now. But not much has happened, you know, uh, Hey, the recently. markets are going to be higher. A couple of days from now, the market's going to be higher. Probably, probably, unless unless nukes are flying over Japan. And then, you know, who cares anyway? Because if the, if the world blows up, then it doesn't matter, right? So um, My goodness, let's not geez. go there. Oh, man. Matt, you just took us down oh. from... I'm, I just got, Okay, so good news, good I need, news. I need some medication. I'm getting so depressed. Good, good news. Okay, good news here. 
S&P 500 is up close to 15.8%, right? Russell 1000, which is a few more stocks. 16%? Is up. With 2.8% growth in earnings expected for this quarter, and the market's up 16%. Going higher, baby. Going oh. higher. Now, Russell 1000, which is a few more stocks than the 500 and S&P 500, is up 15.7%. Now, there's a massive divide between value and growth. So check this, Don. Russell 1000 value is up 8.8%. Half. Yes, but it gets it gets even better. This is the good news, okay? Russell 1000 growth is up 23.1%. Now, everybody thought, obviously, that the S&P 500 is where you put all your money right now. But, you know, Russell 1000 growth is is kind of chugging along, man. Hey, man, that's that's as good as anywhere else outside the U.S., too. I heard bye, that, bye, bye. I heard this morning, you know, outside the U.S., markets are flying up almost 24%. Based on the fact that the central bankers in Europe are pumping... Pumping, pump that gas, baby. Liquidity into that, yeah, uh, financial system. Now, hey, you know what? You know what? I got a question. This is one that keeps me up at night. Uh, are what, you asking me a question? Yeah, here? man. What happens if Mario Draghi says enough is enough? We need to normalize interest rates and cool down this balance sheet expansion. What happens oh, to man. their economic growth in their markets? Well, they. they what happens to that twenty-four percent return? They really don't have any economic growth that's meaningful so if it slows i'm just saying just saying just saying it's going to be bad now let's talk about small mid-cap stocks it's been a space that actually when you look at s&p 500 and the russell 1000 russell 2000 is up only 11.8 percent so wouldn't you think if we're going to get some tax cuts and infrastructure spending done that you'd want to go try and buy lower than the s&p 500 hey, what's I mean, that what's what's a russell 2000 value look like so far this year uh a whopping 6.4%. Hey, listen, you know, I'm always a contrarian, always a value buyer. If buy I had low, a choice, I want to buy low. High. Hey, value if didn't, to, if value's you, not working so good this year. If you have to buy at higher prices, right? Right. You're going to have to find someone a little less intelligent than you to sell to, right? Someone dumber than you are to pay a higher price. That's right. Yeah. Sometimes the dummies don't show up when you need them. Sometimes they don't. And that's where the 2008, you know, uh, scenario rolls around where there are no buyers. Hey, listen, all I know is that something that's up 8% in a slow earnings and revenue growth environment is better than something that's up 16%. All right. So we've been talking a little bit about this Trump tax plan. And it was interesting because the Council of Economic Advisors which, you know, has a, a line into the president, has said that the tax cuts would lead to annual wage growth where an individual could make up to 20000 more per year or even 4000 on the lower end. So, I mean, you're talking about very meaningful wage increases for folks across the board if you're making four to $20,000 more a year. Isn't that a great thing? Well, that's the good news, right? So we were just talking about small cap uh, companies and mid-cap companies in the Russell 2000. Listen, this tax plan has a potential cut to corporate taxes down to 25%, and those small and mid-cap companies are going to get a whopping 15%, 40% reduction in their tax bill. That's going to go back into the companies. They're going to reinvest. They're going to pay more dividends 
we think the small side and the mid-cap side is going to be where the long-term action is big, big if this tax plan actually gets passed. And, and I think that people expect it to. I think it's one of the things that keeps the market trudging higher. I think so, too. I think, you know, there is a lot of optimism there that we will get growth and we'll get wage increases. Everybody wants to make more money. So I was on CNBC a couple of days ago. With uh, Lizanne Saunders, uh, Lizanne Saunders, and she didn't think that the tax plan was priced into the market. And if that's true, and holy if that's true, cow. oh my goodness, what's the market going to do when investors actually price it into the market? They're going to go up another sixteen percent. Yeah, we'll be floating on bubbles by then, baby. Hey, listen. Wow. Hey, no, no. If this tax plan goes through. We're going to get the economic growth we've been hoping for for the last nine years. Yes. We're going to get infrastructure spending. And that was pretty much We're going to get reduced regulation. In, in D.C. this past weekend, if we can get tax cuts, it'll be meaningful to growth in the in the 4% neighborhood at least is what they were saying. And then those statistics about, you know, lifting wages, which is what this whole thing is about, probably, you know, come into some form of reality. I have no idea whether it's 4000 to 20000 or not. All I know is that when we get faster economic growth, wage pressure should rise, and we're going to get meaningful across the board for everybody who participates in the economy earning a living, not asset inflation, earning a living are going to make more money. So, so Don, um, you know, speaking of Lizanne Saunders and, and you being on CNBC last week, I heard something about active managers are actually outperforming the passive equivalent this year. Is that true? Yes, finally. So, but that doesn't matter. It's not. It's not. You know, the media keeps talking about passive versus active as if it's something that has to happen all the time. It doesn't. Right? Active managers don't always out have to outperform over a long period of time. They have to outperform. And in a not short period, so not you're short about, period, you know, not uh, one side of the cycle, not just the bull trend. They have to outperform over a bull and a bear trend but with such a large over a long period of time, like the investor's entire life. Right. Well, it, with such a large discrepancy now between value and growth, I mean, we're talking double digit uh, Grand Canyon type of uh, divide between value and growth right now. Is this becoming really a, an active stock pickers type of environment? Hey, listen, if we get a, an adjustment in consensus expectation for earnings for the fourth quarter, things are going to get much more volatile, much more dicey. That's when active managers can outperform the passive equivalent easily by a lot we're not talking about a little by a lot so things could come to a, a head as you're suggesting here with q4 earnings at the beginning of next year what if we don't get tax cuts i mean paul ryan came out last week and he said dude we're working through christmas if we have to to get these tax cuts through right but so if, if they ex don't come if expectations come january one are we in trouble listen if we get a tax package that looks a lot like health care like it's never going to happen, and it gets pushed into next year, 2018, towards the middle or the end of the year, fourth quarter earnings are going to look really, really important. And if they're not as good as the pricing in the marketplace suggests, we're going to have 
some downward pressure on the market. So look, the, the 1980s. Temporary, if we do get the tax bill. We get Reaganomics, you know, massive tax, tax cuts, um, you know, beginning in, in 81, 82, right? And, uh, you know, 1987, 30-year anniversary has just come uh, up here of Black Monday uh, when the, the market was down, um, you know, 30-some-odd percent in, in one day. Um, there are circuit breakers and stuff like that these days that prevent such a, a, a large decline in, in the period of one day. But um, down 23% on Black Monday was down another, I don't know, 8 or 10% on the Friday before that. Down 30 plus, right? So that was a big move down. And that was a circuit breaker day. That was the market coming unhinged. We saw that in 2010 for a few brief minutes. 2015 and then at the beginning of 16 right we saw the markets really under pressure so it happen again as markets go higher th- there's the risk there for uh, a big event to the downside and so um, you know we just want uh, people to you know be aware that uh, you know as markets go higher the risk to a, a sharp decline is is something that can happen so hey one of the things that I, I you know I think is favorable is that we're starting to see People cycle away from that growth and momentum trade, you know, the things that just go higher and higher. They don't quite make as much sense, and they're going to the value side. You know, we're a a value investor. This works well for WBI. WBI favors stocks that we can buy reasonably priced, hopefully cheap. There isn't anything that's cheap anymore. All right, so, Don, on that, we got a couple of questions, okay? So, we're going to... Uh, take a question here. This is Michael from Dallas. Okay, Michael from Dallas says, hey, Q3 GDP is going to be coming out soon. What are your expectations? Going to look better or look worse? Going to look worse. We're going to have a softening of the numbers. Is that because of uh, the hurricanes? Yeah, you're going you're gonna to get a hurricane effect, and people aren't going to care about G- uh, GDP for uh, Q3 at all because the numbers have been, been influenced by an outside event, so it doesn't matter. So it doesn't matter. Doesn't okay, matter. so markets go higher. Markets go higher. Markets go higher. All right, so that's what we uh, all we have time for here uh, on uh, Bull Bear Radio. So thanks for tuning in. We look forward to uh, joining you next time. Again, if you want to follow Don or I on Twitter, WBI CEO for Don, WBI President for Matt. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you again soon. We want to hear from you. Submit your questions for Matt and Don to be discussed in future podcasts to Radio at WBIinvestments.com. This is Bull Bear Radio, where each week you can count on our real market news and advice. Catch all of our podcast episodes at WBIinvestments.com. Past performance does not guarantee future results. The views presented are those of the podcast participants and should not be construed as investment advice. Podcast participants or clients of WBI may own stock discussed in this recording. All economic and performance information is historical and not indicative of future results. This is not an offer to buy or sell any security. No security or strategy, including those referred to directly or indirectly in this podcast, is suitable for all accounts or profitable all of the time and there is always a possibility of loss. Moreover, you should not assume that any discussion or information provided here serves as a receipt of or as a substitute for 
personalized investment advice from WBI or from any other investment professional. To the extent that you have any questions regarding the applicability of any specific issue discussed to your individual situation, please consult with WBI or the professional advisor of your choosing. This information is compiled from sources believed to be reliable. Accuracy cannot be guaranteed. Information pertaining to WBI's advisory operations services and fees is set forth in WBI's disclosure statement in Part 2A of Form 80B, a copy of which is available upon request.